All right, Wrestling With Theology fans, this is Pastor Doug Minton, and it is Thursday, so we are digging deeper into the Psalms. This week, we are looking at Psalms 52 to 55. Short Psalms, but still just as meaty as looking at Psalms 50 and 51 last week. So let's get right into it. Psalm 52. To the choir master, a mascal of David, when Doeg the Edomite came to Saul, and saying, David has come to the household of Ahimelech. All right, so let's break this down. What is happening here? David fled to Ahimelech the high priest after Jonathan confirmed Saul's desire to kill David in 1 Samuel 21. Doeg's testimony to Saul caused all the priests at Nob to be killed except Abiathar, Ahimelech's son. That's 1 Samuel 22, 6-23. Abiathar would continue to serve David while in exile and as high priest when David claims the throne after Saul's death. The entire psalm is basically dedicated to Doeg the Edomite in his desire to stoke the fire of Saul's anger against David. So what does David have to say as he basically, yes, dedicates this to Doeg? Why do you boast of evil, O mighty man? The steadfast love of God endures all the day. Your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor, you worker of deceit. You love evil more than good, and lying more than speaking what is right. You love all words that devour, O deceitful tongue. But God will break you down forever. He will snatch and tear you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at him, saying, See the man who would not make God his refuge, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and sought refuge in his own destruction. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the steadfast love of God forever and ever. I will thank you forever because you have done it. I will wait for your name, for it is good in the presence of the godly. So far, Psalm 52. The first few verses are basically a dedication to Doeg the Edomite, calling him a mighty man who loves evil more than good, who desires to destroy even with his words if he can't do it with the sword. And as we look at David in the last couple of verses talking about himself, we see the stark difference as he talks about himself as the green olive tree. And this comes back again in Luke chapter 23, verses 27 to 31. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that have never bore and the breasts that have never nursed. Then they will begin to say, The mountains fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Jesus himself takes up his forefather David's saying of being a green olive tree and says that he is the green olive tree, fresh and new. And they are about to kill him. And if they do it when the wood is green and fresh, Without sin, what happens to all of us? Now, David is not calling himself without sin. By far not. But this is 
early on in his career. This is well before David and Bathsheba. This is when he has had to deal with being passed over for one princess after another. But again, in the eyes of those around him, and even in the eyes of God, he is more righteous than King Saul, who is out persecuting him, and definitely more righteous than Doeg the Edomite. All right, we move on to Psalm 53, which is very familiar to us if you remember Psalm 14, because it is a repetition of Psalm 14, with the difference being the exchange of Elohim, God, for Yahweh. You know, there are very few differences in the Psalm 53 and Psalm 14, except for those word choices. So Psalm 53, to the choir master, according to Mahalath, a masculine of David. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, doing abominable iniquity. There is none who does good. God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have those who work evil no knowledge, who eat up my people as they eat bread? And do not call upon God? There they are, in great terror, where there is no terror. For God scatters the bones of him who encamps against you. You put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Again, this is very much word for word. Psalm 14. Again, just with Elohim and God instead of Yahweh, Lord. So not really much to say here, except for, yes, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. He doesn't seem to be foolish as he lives his life, but he will definitely see his folly when he gets to his judgment on the last day. All right, let's move into Psalm 54. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a mascal of David, when the Ziphites went and told Saul, is not David hiding among us? Again, a very detailed, giving us the exact moment when the psalm was written. So when is this? Well, Ziph was a mountainous area roughly two miles southeast of Hebron, which was very close to Jerusalem, and it was one of the places that David would hide. He did it in Psalm, or Psalm, 1 Samuel 23, but also in 1 Samuel 26. So after leaving Ahimelech and the priest at Nob, he goes on to the mountains of Ziph, and the Ziphites rebuke him and betray him to King Saul so that he knows where to go. And again, in chapter 26, when Saul is out looking for him again, the Ziphites are another place that he hides. Not getting the answer right the first time, David does it again. And yes, it ends up being the exact same thing happening all over again. And we'll see this again in a couple other Psalms next week. But now, let's go into the text of Psalm 54. O God, save me by your name, and vindicate me by your might. O God, hear my prayer. Give ear to the words of my mouth. 
For strangers have risen against me. Ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. He will return the evil to my enemies, and your faithfulness put an end to them. With a freewill offering I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. This was the Psalm of the Day not too long ago, and I encourage you to go back into the podcast archives and look for the sermon called Ruthlessly Seeking on Psalm 54. But to bring us a little bit of what is going on in this psalm, verses 1 through 3, David seeks for God's deliverance from Saul and from the Ziphites because both have risen against him without cause. They are ruthlessly seeking him even though they have no need to. He has done nothing wrong to them. And then the psalm ends, verse 7, with a very faithful word. For he has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. David acknowledges and confesses that God has delivered him from every trouble he has faced in the past. He will deliver him from every trouble he will face in the future. And all he has to do is call upon him and see that triumph over his enemies. Of course, it might not be in the time frame that he would like, but it is in God's good timing that all these things happen and that all of us see the triumph over our enemies when we call upon God to deliver us. All right, let's move on into Psalm 55. All right, Psalm 55 is the longest of the psalms that we will look at this week with its 22 verses, or 23 verses. And we see that in these verses, we have David's faith shining forth once again. To the choir master, with stringed instruments, a masculine of David, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my plea for mercy. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless in my complaint, and I moan because of the noise of my enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. For they drop trouble upon me, and in anger they bear a grudge against me. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fear and trembling come upon me, and horror overwhelms me. And I say, oh, that I had wings like a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. Yes, I would wander far away. I would lodge in the wilderness. I would hurry to find a shelter from the raging wind and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, divide their tongues, for I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go around it on its walls, and iniquity and trouble are within it. Ruin is in its midst. Oppression and fraud do not depart from its marketplace. For it is not an enemy who taunts me, then I could bear it. It is not an adversary who deals insolent with me, then I could hide from him. But it is you, a man, my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We used to take sweet counsel together within God's house. We walked along in the throng. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive. For evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. But I call to God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon I utter my complaint and moan, and he hears my voice. He redeems my soul in safety from the battle that I wage. For many are arrayed against me, 
God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God. My companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. So far, Psalm 55. We look at this psalm and we see the great comfort and care that David receives from the knowledge that God will answer him when he calls. We've had other times in other psalms where we see David crying out in anguish, wishing God would answer him. In this psalm, he says, I know God will answer me, so I make my complaint. And he says, I am restless in my complaint. Very similar to 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. He continually brings forward his desire and his complaint so that God might deliver him knowing that like the persistent widow, he will receive justice for his cause. Verse 4, he says, My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen upon me. Anguish fills those who seek for redemption. And we see this in the Psalms quite often, especially we go back to Psalm 18 and verse 5. We look to Psalm 88 and verse 3 and Psalm 116 and verse 3. All of these deal with the anguish that feels that fills those who seek for redemption, seek for retribution for what has been done to them, knowing that God will answer. God will bring that retribution upon their enemies. And so he moves on in verses 9 through 11, asking God to destroy all of his enemies to wipe them all out and let his anger break out against everyone. Because David doesn't like them? No. Break out on them because of the original sin that is in each one of us. The original sin that is the first sin we must confess and ask for forgiveness for. Because that is the one that brings about all other sin. He doesn't ask for everybody who is infected with original sin to be overthrown. Just those who don't weep over it. Those who have not repented of it. Those who revel in it. And there are so many people today who revel over the outward manifestations of their inward sin. And that is sad. And David calls out for God's anger to go out among all of them. To destroy them if they refuse to repent. If they refuse to see their life being not as he desires. But that is the problem with sin. Sin causes us to think that what we want is better than what God has said. And that has been the way it's been since the serpent talked to Adam and Eve in the garden. Man has always thought that he would know better than God. Now we have 
the biggest issue. David feels like he's had the knife stuck in his back. But then we see the twisting of that knife in verses 12 through 15, and then again in verses 20 and 21. This is not an enemy. This is not one of the Amalekites or one of the Philistines or one of the Midianites or any of the other great enemies of Israel that David had to face. This was a friend. This was a friend who betrayed him. Just listening to the 15, 17, 30 minutes in the New Testament podcast for this week, going into Monday, Thursday in Mark's gospel, and it's exactly that thing that they talk about. One of you will betray me. It is one of the 12. How much anguish must have been in Jesus' heart to know that one of his most trusted friends and companions would betray him. Then another would deny him. And then by the end of the night, everybody would have scattered from him and left him. That's what David's feeling. He's feeling that in this moment in Psalm 55. Not only for himself, but also prophecy of Jesus as he prepares for the cross. And then we have verse 17, a great point again in the Psalms where we have multiple times a day set aside. And we have this set aside numerous times in the Psalms. We have it in especially Daniel But it goes back to even ancient times where you would have specific times that they would worship. Not only the morning and evening sacrifices, but there would be what we would consider prayer hours in between. And so here again, he says, evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan. And he hears my voice. You go through the book of Acts, especially the first 11 chapters, and you see these hours of prayer coming out again in the early church as many of the things that happen, happen at prayer time. Because prayer time is where we come to see God face to face. Where we pour out our complaints and we wait for him to answer us. And we wait patiently and silently. Because as it is said, it is hard to hear the voice of God when you've already decided what he's going to say. It's hard to hear something different. And sometimes that is what God says. Something different than what we want. But always, always, it is for our good. And David upholds that as a great thing throughout Psalm 55 that God answers the prayers of those who repent, those who are deemed righteous by him through the forgiveness of sins that is ultimately won by the Son of David on the cross. All right, that's it for this week, looking at Psalms 52 to 55. I thank you for your time. This is Pastor Doug Menton once again 
thanking you for being here, digging deeper into the Psalms so that you might be able to better wrestle with the theologies around you this week. Amen.